Alright, welcome everyone to Joe Star All Stars, a podcast by four toilet pig nerds for all you toilet pig nerds out there. As always, I'm Joey Foyles. I'm Grant. I'm Tim. And I'm Victor. <laughs> and I'm late. On really, the really on come beat on. there. Come on. <laughs> come on. It, it's what? a caesura, alright? It's a, it's a slight pause for effect. What? I mean... <laughs> Joey removed the pause in, in the edit anyway, so... God damn it! Just, you're just going to look like an idiot. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to extend it. It's going to last like 10 seconds. No, you're don't right. do that. You've already done that once in the podcast and it was awful. He didn't Comedy extend it at all. It gold. was that long. It was, it was not that long. long. He really... It was bad. You just spent like 10 seconds and you're just like, what were you doing? Were you checking your phone? Were you like <laughs> yeah, jacking I, off? I it's like you weren't even here, Victor. Well, <laughs> anyway. to give you what I was actually doing, I got a new computer and now I can actually have the episode open <gasps> during the recording. Finally, you won't skip things. <laughs> we Fuck only yeah. need you here for like two specific points when we called you, Victor. Those should be the times you're here. <laughs> <laughs> And the rest of the time, you could just fake it. So, anyway, this is a JoJo Watch Along podcast where we go through every single episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Today, we're talking specifically about Stardust Crusaders Episode 10 The Emperor and the Hanged Man, Part 1. Part 1. Part 1. A two parter. A two parter, Victor. Even though, like, Series 1 and 2 were like a 9 and 14 parter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, so I, I mean, that's that's fair. When you have this, like, when you have this season set up as like Monster of the Week, it is kind of a, a nice, refreshing air to have like a story that goes on for more than I don't know twenty 22, minutes. Twenty two minutes, yeah. yeah, that's true. It feels different enough. It's good. It's good. And, yeah. and for a two parter, I think it works as a like episode, like on its own. Anyways, I, I it has a like a like a like a a solid ending point. It's definitely cliffhanger, but still. I think it's a well-encapsulated episode, even being a part two-parter. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's well-mapped out, uh, and I think it was absolutely correct to do it in two parts, because by the end of the, the first episode, I was like, man, we got so much more to do, and it didn't feel like I had gone through a whole episode already. Yeah, mm. and those are the best two-parters, when you like the episode ends before you realize it's time for the episode to end. Yeah. Unless, yeah. You're, unless you're watching it when it's coming out, and you have to fucking wait a week. Oh, I can only imagine what that was like for people. Oof. Yeah, I know. I mean, I mean, we're parting to commit a little too much on that. No, no, <laughs> we're doing oh, this no. to people. We, 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 t- we no. totally don't record these uh, uh, <laughs> right. <in> batches. <laughs> we, we, we totally didn't watch the next episode yet. Right. I've, I've never seen any future episodes of JoJo, including the next one. Yeah. <laughs> We don't talk about. It. We watch like two. <laughs> I don't know where to go with this bit. Anyway, so this episode starts with uh, just you know a good heaping spoonful of racism. Yeah, oh. it, we're going to India, and Joseph is like, "Oh, the land of curry and rampant disease." And I'm like, "Oh, great." And Polnareff <laughs> is like, strong, yes. I, "I don't think this is going to be good for me." <laughs> yeah, he, he knows he's out of his element, and Abdul's like. Oh, it will be fine. Like India's great, and and like, it's just like you can tell that he is just like not on their same level. Like, did not on the same page one bit. Let me read you some narrator like facts about Calcutta. Oh boy, population eleven million people. More than two million people are homeless. The nineteenth oh. century English called this city the worst place in the world. <laughs> God, jeez. <laughs> clever wow it's not like a title (laughs) i thought this season was sponsored by a travel agency but this does not make me want to come here (laughs) no only only travel agents go to calcutta so don't want anybody else going there right (laughs) they're trying to hide it the 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 the, the Stardust Crusaders, they land in Calcutta and get off the boat, and they're immediately swamped by a bunch of Indian people. Yeah. And, like, it's really, like, it feels like a gross stereotype. It just, nothing about this whole opening scene feels good. Oh, no. and by now, the way... Let, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. We, we step off, and just immediately we start in with Avril continuing to be happy-go-lucky as the rest of the crew gets mobbed. 
<laughs> yeah, like, one, like I think Paul Nerf was like, "Hey, somebody took my wallet." No, <laughs> no it's Kakuin. does it. Someone already stole my wallet. I'm <laughs> ten feet. He's proven he can uh, take out somebody who's taken his wallet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's fair. That's, Why isn't he doing a backbreaker on these Indian children? <laughs> There's too many people around. He doesn't have the room to do. To he doesn't do have it. the room. He can just do it to all of them. He's got a stand. <laughs> Just Emerald Splash. Clear some room. That's how you know it's the right Kakuin. He isn't gratuitously beating these people. Why isn't Jotaro doing it then? Because <laughs> Jotaro actually like likes people. He just doesn't want to say it. That's right. He's being he, he, for them. He's he, really sindere to the rest of the population. As long as they're not yeah. women. Jotaro's just a sindere. Oh no. Oh, I guess oh no. Oh no. No, but like it's, it's just like one of my Japanese. Anime. Did you not know this? <laughs> it's not like I like you, Yara Yara Daze. It just never occurred to me before. Now I hadn't thought of this either, Tim. Thank you. I, it just makes me love him even more. God damn it! Look, my read on Jotaro's personality. I would have expected this to be like the scene from the end of Battle Tendency where there's all of those vampires underneath cars at that like one place and just there's just this big battle as they're just punching out zombies. I just expect that. You're just like uh, every two seconds you cut to somebody getting punched out. Yeah, that's what I'd expect too. Especially because actual Joseph Joestar is here. <laughs> so y'all, I, I'm the son of... Uh, uh, immigrant from india my dad like came here in the 80s so i'm Mm -hmm. i'm half indian my when my mom had my brother at a like uh he was about a year or two old she my dad and her went to india and she was there to meet the the family she uh, married into and what happens in the opening moments of this episode are almost beat for beat what my mom has described India in the 80s to me. Like, <laughs> really? Like, and so while I watch this opening, I'm like, oh, this feels awful and offensive and also completely accurate from what my mom told me about her trip to India. Did- like, uh, she's like the one white woman there and probably one of the only white women uh, a lot of these people had seen. Like, people are always trying to grab at you, um, especially if you're an American. Um, my dad had to keep her close to make sure that she was safe and that nobody tried to mug her. Like, like it, it from her experience, I'm, I can only speak for what she had told me. This is uh, uh, upsettingly accurate. Are, are we trying to say that Iraqi did research? All I'm saying I is... I think it's just that a stopped clock sometimes is right, I guess, even if it's... No, you know what? I don't want to say a racist stopped clock is right twice today. That, you know, no. that just sounds no, like a... No, don't t- say I that. Hate that. You no, cut that I out. That. No, you need that no please do not leave that in. <laughs> no, no, this is great. Leave it in. I love to- it. Now it's... Now we've referenced it too many times and it has to stay in. <laughs> you can just cut the whole thing. No, like, Victor, this is like a minute of content at this point. Yeah. It's not time like we don't always go long anyway. Every time you say something, it gets worse. <laughs> like, the problem is now there's no natural point to cut to. There it's just no going to be great. Oh, I actually talked with Joey earlier, and I'm like, Victor always references something that should be cut from the episode, but he always references it, so it has to stay in. Yep. Like, you can't just cut it out, because then it's going to be like, yeah, this is actually what it's for. And then Polnareff goes to, like, the, the, the conversation doesn't make any sense. <laughs> For our viewers or our listeners under a certain age, Calcutta is currently known as Kolkata. Oh, really? Just in case that confused anybody. No, we're American. We don't know any different. (laughs) Why did Kolkata get the works? Yeah, Yeah. a bunch of of cities in India got different names from the British Empire ones. Uh, It's nobody's business but the Turks. I got it. it. yeah, I got it, Joey. Like, like even Thank Victor you. wasn't even Victor wasn't excited about that, and he was <laughs> and the one I who would love be, they might be giants. <laughs> he was the one who would who would be excited about that. <sighs> and anybody and anybody who listened to Umbrella Academy, yeah. Fine then, I'll just go cry over here because nobody laughs at my jokes. I mean, don't you do we, that every we, episode? We laugh I mean, at you. Yeah. Uh, okay. Good. Humor's humor, right? <laughs> yeah. God, I'll take are, what I can get. We are like nowhere in this episode. <laughs> so Avdol takes, does the thing that Joseph did last time and took them to a restaurant. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm here for every restaurant scene. Hell yeah. They're pretty good. That's, that's why when this... we have an entire yeah. episode about it, it's the best one. I have a note here. Oh yeah, narrator son, tell me about chai. Oh, <laughs> chai tea. <laughs> Milk, tea, ginger. I was surprised we didn't get Kakuin and or Avdol just like being gratuitous about their culture knowledge. <laughs> yeah, we are missing that scene. Instead, what we get is Polnareff taking his luggage to the toilet. <laughs> Look, he can't let like, go of that bag. Got, it's the source of his, his power. He's got his hygiene products in it. Yeah, like, bold of you to assume that... <laughs> you mean a dangerous hair dryer? Like, I'm assuming he brings, like, toilet paper around with him. I mean, that would actually be smart. Oh, wait, didn't we just establish that this he is just a bag of trash, though? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's but it's his trash that he uses to wipe himself with. I love this employee who hands him this pole, though. <laughs> oh, right. And he's just like, what the fuck am I going to do with this? Can, Victor. Can, I, can I just point something out here? Uh-huh. Look at this Joseph face. Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah, the jaw drop. <laughs> Just, All right, Victor. How shocked were you that this employee was not a stand user? Oh, I was super shocked. <laughs> like, he just makes the sound later, like... It's <laughs> <laughs> just a long sequence of them setting you up to believe that this motherfucker has a stand. He only has one colored, like, one color outfit. Like, yeah, come on. you're right. Then his face does that thing later, though. <laughs> oh. So, so, so anyway. Let's have a toilet joke. Yay. <laughs> Polnareff should really follow George Costanza's example and not use the bathroom in India. Just hold it the entire time. Yeah, so so it turns out the stick is for the pig that, like, sleeps <laughs> under the toilet. He just hands him a stick. He just hands You're him the goddamn stick. I love the setup like, of this what? joke where the, the the person, the employee goes, yeah, this is unique even in India. And you expect it's because other Indian toilets don't use pigs. But he's like, the pig pen was built too high. <laughs> <laughs> The, the manager loves it. <laughs> Licks him clean. Ugh. He's never felt cleaner. I don't like, want to think oh about pig God. rim jobs. Uh, oh, God. Oh, oh, my oh God. man, Victor. Why did you have to name the podcast that? <laughs> I don't choose the podcast names. The podcast names choose themselves. I, I think we'll be kicked off of uh, Apple Podcasts for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's the... Like, <laughs> Pig bidet. There we go. Oh no, God! <laughs> Poor scene oh, bidet. Now I'm just thinking of a pig spitting it. Oh no! <laughs> you gotta. Uh, no, you know what? I'm not gonna make any more jokes about this. Yes, yeah. these are actual toilets. This used to be a thing. Oh, did you so did you look really... that up? Yeah. Oh God. So it's there a... was really pigs under the toilet. Yeah, th- this was a thing, like pig toilets. Oh great. Yeah, that's great. That doesn't make me, you know, want to vomit. Yeah, it was typically it was kind of stopped because it was unhygienic when you ate the pigs. Yeah, yeah, of course it would. Uh, from my understanding, all right. But so yes, let's skip. This, this let's, is not a made-up thing. Let's skip the rest of the scene and go forward. Hold on, no, I gotta, no. I gotta call out when the monster, pi- the guy just jams the stick into the monster pig head and defeats it in one blow, like it's a freaking monster from a game, <laughs> sinking back into it, screaming. Like, but the visual, it, every visual with this toilet is great. And this man is clearly very practiced at doing this. Like, <laughs> we, like you can tell this is part of his routine. We also get that fantastic gif of the uh, swirling the, toilet with the go-go-go-go-go-go. The, the menacing <laughs> toilet. The, the eyes flash under it. Yeah. It's, oh, it's yeah. very good. Uh, that that gif is endlessly useful. The scene does cut immediately to uh, Polnareff washing his hands, so we yes. assume he got through it unharried. Also, well, he- there's running water in this place. <laughs> yeah, but how much running water do you have to use to flush every time, right? It's just so much more cost-effective. What else are you going to feed the pigs? Right. Literally uh, anything else. Small children. <laughs> Two birds, one stone, Victor. Uh, I mean, yeah. literally anything. They will eat just about anything. <laughs> I, that's the point. So, um, do you want to do you want to see some fucking manga pig real quick? No, oh no, I, I really Rocky, don't. Please. Oh, oh no. god! Oh no! Why is it so? Well, it's it's lumpier than in the. Is it is it Bebop or Rocksteady? It's I... Messina. 
<laughs> A plus. Thank you. <laughs> Somebody had to do it. Uh. I also like that the way that panel is framed, it just looks like that pig is wearing like a space helmet. Uh. <laughs> you know, you're not wrong. <laughs> All right, so um, Polnareff encounters Centerfold, who is not the stand man in the mirror. But... <laughs> is it Centerfold? Is it Jay Guile? Jay Guile's the Gyle. stand yeah. user. Jay Guile. All right, so I fucking love this stand aesthetically. It's just Voldo. It is it's, just. Yeah. It's a cyborg mummy. Like that's all it is. But I like it a lot. Yeah, it's good. It's got big spikes on the on like the sides of its face. It's the oh, perfect a... assassin character that like I, I don't know, he's sort of useless. <laughs> like in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Why I mean, does he always start you know, like crawling on the ground though? Can he can he not stand? Yeah, he's always in the distance too. Like he has to walk closer to them in the mirror. Look, he's a showman. You know what? You're right. You have to make them dread it a little bit first. You have to be that like you have to have that aesthetic if you're going to be a JoJo villain. It's true. You, it's, you, it's a good. It's a good aesthetic. You have to be willing to do the girl from the ring thing to be <laughs> yeah, a bad guy. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Spider crawls through this window. So are you saying the ring is a JoJo what? reference? Probably. Absolutely. Like, clearly... Wait, it uses stand <laughs> rules. If you, if you watch this video, right. you're going to die in seven it, days. That's exactly a stand rule. Right. <laughs> God, it's just a remote stand. Uh, you keep using this word rule. I don't think it means what you think it means. True. A rule it's specific big. only to one stand. What? <laughs> Look, it has big Iraqi energy. <laughs> that, that's a good way of putting it. Because... God, you know someone's fucking stand is just a cassette tape or like a, a here's a VCR <laughs> tape. That's my stand. And when you put it in a TV and someone watches the video to completion, they die in seven days. I'm not convinced it hasn't happened in, in the manga yet. No, you know what? we go to wacky races later on. There's no VCRs there. No, that's why it's so crazy. Oh, <laughs> oh. Maybe it's just a haunted cassette tape. It's just... You're, you're right. Ghosts exist. My stando <laughs> mixtape. <laughs> Surprisingly, has no classic rock on it. No. <laughs> Only All right. So Polnareff breaks a mirror and gets seven years of bad luck, and then comes running out of the bathroom, screaming, "Stand!" Yeah, and uh, I, for some yeah. reason, the the rest of the crew doesn't really react that strongly. <laughs> no, they just kind of leisurely follow him out of the restaurant. I don't know why he thinks attacking this mirror would actually work. I do want y'all to look at Whole Horse's tarot card. Oh and, boy, let, let's and, see it. You and, posted it. And his giant dick energy. Oh god, why what is this dick that? just... Wow. Oh, that's just a big fuzzy dick. It's a yeah. big fuzzy dick. It's... We're looking at the manga tarot card for Whole Horse here. And, and it looks like a kabuki samurai emperor with a big fuzzy like Sesame Street dick. Yeah. Why yeah, would you that's, that's ever totally, put those words together? That, 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 that's de- definitely Muppet Dick <laughs> to, right there. To try and get away from big rim jobs. <laughs> definitely Muppet Dick. It's also a good... Emperor <laughs> uh, Muppet Dick is 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 better than uh, pig rim job. I, and I think they, I know why they fucking teamed up these people. Because they both have luck in their, sta- in their uh, tarot card. Do they? Huh. Do yeah. they? I don't know anything about this shit. Hang, the hangman has lucky land on a sign in the background, and the emperor is just holding a giant ball that says luck on it. I, I, it looks like he's holding his dick to me. <laughs> <laughs> Am I reading this image wrong? Probably. I don't think you are, Joey. I <laughs> think that's absolutely is like, what's happening. Like blue and gloved under the, the sphere that says luck. Maybe it's his lucky dick. All right. I mean, oh, I get it. Yeah. Okay. I see. Let's let's move on. I I feel I feel like we've spent too much time on the Muppet dick. Uh, yeah. I think it got about what it needed. So, um, Caesar wa- or sorry, Polnareff walks outside and pulls a Caesar here. Yep. Just, just immediately starts a fight with the steam and walks off on his own for no reason. <laughs> yep. 
No reason whatsoever. Classic. I was I was reading the manga and like that pro CD bit of oh they fucking started <laughs> playing in the background. Oh they fucking. Oh, they fu- what are you talking? Oh about? they fucking. Oh, there is fuck. some extreme sexual tension in the scene between Polnareff and Avdol because Avdol oh, is they- very concerned about Polnareff here. This episode can uh, confirms Polndal to me. Mm-hmm. Canon. I, I don't think you can Canon argue ship. against it at this point. There is no reason Abdul should be this invested in keeping Polnareff safe. Uh, only lovers do this. Like <laughs> he's like, no, you can't go. That'd be foolish. You, you, like we have to do this together. We have to plan this out. <sighs> just, just makes me sad. Makes me upset. Just listen to your boyfriend already. Mm-hmm. This panel in the bottom left where it's like, you selfish coward. I was like, oh, they fucking. <laughs> <laughs> what would happen if something bad were to happen to you how could i go on i couldn't live without you oh, oh, i know your sister's gone but i'm still here <laughs> <laughs> don't you walk out on me think of the ones who are left uh, and and this panel it's like no i'm not angry i'm just disappointed they fuck it it's just that 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 line destroyed me. I thought him a better man than any. I just lost my respect for you. Go on, walk out. Just like you walk out on everything. <laughs> God, this is a good scene. I mean, it's a terrible scene, but it's good, terrible. No, I love it. it it's so melodramatic. <laughs> None of the characters are acting at all like they normally do. No, not a single one. It, it has to happen this way for this episode to work. Shut up. I know. Just, yeah, just another episode where people just have to act just completely idiotic to yep. make I don't know. it work. I, there you go. I kind of buy into it. Paul Nerf was after the two right-handed man all along anyways. Like, I knew that. So all these characters. Maybe know he that. should take this fucking superhero squad <laughs> he has. Squad to go help. <laughs> no, no, it's personal. I'm going to go do this alone. Like, we're offering to help, dude. Like, no! Like, I've got... All right, let's be real. If it was just Polnareff versus Jay Guile, he probably could have won. Eh, by himself. Tim, Polnareff's a huge idiot. Yeah, like, to be fair... But he's like, the one that figures is... it out. No, Kakuin figures it out. No, he does. Kakuin has to walk him through it. He's like, no, Polnareff, mirror worlds aren't real. That's stupid. He yeah. would have figured it out. <laughs> Look... Look, y'all. He wouldn't have dipped. He would have Pol- totally died. Totally Polnareff already proves that he's like very obstinate to go grab the rest of the guys in order to help him with uh, the fight against what do you call it? The the Chucky doll. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Maybe he's Devo. just a little bitter. <laughs> I would be a yeah. little bitter, actually. You know what? Yeah, devil and bitter. <laughs> okay. I, I yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> like this actually checks out for me. Like it it. it it made sense because before he's been uh, obstinate to do it, and like now he's just doing it again. Especially when it's super personal this time, he just wants to. No, I mean, like he, he wants to, to deal with it himself, and I can understand that. No, I'm taking the other read that like, where were y'all when I was fighting the devil? Didn't want to help then. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joseph said you had it covered. <laughs> I was tied to a bed screaming. <laughs> hey, we don't kink shame around here. <laughs> no, fine then. I'll go kill him myself. So yes, he storms off. But how do you guys feel about Indian royalty falling in love with Crocodile Dundee here? Okay, one hundred percent. Extremely dumb. I love it. And I love it. I love everything about Whole Horse. Beginning, Whole horse middle, and end. So good. Whole like, Horse is the best. This scene is so amazingly cliche. Where like Whole Horse oh, like yes. is like, oh, we can't be together. You should forget about me. And, well, the, and, the and she's sad like, no, please make, it, make me your make me your wife. Yeah, and the sad trumpet in the background. Like it's so melodramatic and cliche. Oh, Tim, why did you post a picture of an Iraqi elephant? Oh, <laughs> because you deserve hey, that it. that elephant looks all right. Oh, no, it isn't. No, it isn't. Why does no. it have toes? You deserve it. <laughs> Elephants do have toes, but why are its knees down by its toes? Oh, oh no. <laughs> hey, this is about as good as I could have expected it to be. That's oh, true. So, that, that's so lumpy. Jacked, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it is certainly a JoJo elephant. <laughs> that elephant works out. <laughs> I'm surprised, it, elephant. I'm surprised it doesn't have tires on its shoulders. It's tr- like its trunk has muscles. <laughs> uh, yeah, but 
whole horse here gives a teary goodbye to his 16-year-old Indian child bride. Yeah. <laughs> He's being so fucking smooth about it, though. This is straight out of, like, romancing the stone or something. This is clearly based off of, like, a Michael Douglas character. <laughs> I really wish this scene didn't go out of the way to, like, hey... This girl is 16. <laughs> They're like, this makes this whole scene really uncomfortable. I'm though. surprised they didn't localize it to 18. <laughs> She's 2,000 years old. Come on. <laughs> Look, we have to maintain, like, faithful adaption to the manga. <laughs> Absolute faith to the manga. Every dumb pose. <laughs> at any <laughs> cost. <laughs> any... <laughs> like, leaving uh... Wired Beck in the fucking... <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, Beck is... is a fucking treasure and a <laughs> gift to us. <laughs> How dare you say anything bad about Wired Beck? Door <laughs> Jana. So yeah, she wants his whole horse, but he says no. You're too young. And it, our love can never be. Good farewell, and rides off into the sunset three feet before Jay Kyle stops him. It's like, hey, dude. <laughs> he, and he makes a face as he rides off. And he's like, Psh, I'm such a fucking creature. He's like, got him. She'll do anything for me. So slimy. So, real talk. Do you think he knows she's a stand user? What? We don't find that a dress is like a stand user, maybe. <laughs> she does a little bit dress like a stand user. Like, if it wasn't in India, I would have said 100% she's a stand user. It's true. But I, but yes, I just took her for a racial caricature at this point. Yes. Yes. And you know what? I'm sure Iraqi did too, now that I think about oh, it. Oh, you're, you're because right. Because again, Iraqi <laughs> does not he, plan yeah. a page ahead. He probably wrote this chapter and then later is like, at the very, just gave her a stand. At the very end, we was like, "Hey, I want a whole horse to survive this." He was like, "Okay, well, how do I stop this?" Okay, was, yeah, bring her I back. I was watching the scene, and I'm like, "Why is this here? And why is it so long?" <laughs> You've got to establish whole horse as a character, Victor. They like we don't do this establishing shot for any other stand nope, user. Not a single one. <laughs> but like. We do for horse. the one that matters. <laughs> it's like, hey, we had one for Dragon, too. It's like, <laughs> you know what, you're right. But it's like Araki wanted a cowboy in his anime. <laughs> and he's like, you know what? I love fucking cowboys right now. That's I want exactly this cowboy what here. This was. I want to have like a cow. I want to set the scene with this cowboy. Like, he's just like, he was just going whole hog on it. Whole, whole horse. horse. Whole horse. Yes! Oh. Thank you. High five, Victor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. We got to pick up the pace here. Um, like, but... he even has his mount. He has a fucking elephant instead of a horse, though. So, Joey, I haven't checked the schedule. Who are we doing this week for the interstitial? Am I doing am I doing Hall and Oates, or am I doing uh, Jay Gileban? I'd... You know what, Victor? Surprise me. Surprise you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, take it away, Victor. Tell us either about Jay Giles. Or Hollow Notes. Because, okay, the Hollow Notes is a bit of a stretch, but I, you know, who doesn't want to hear an interstitial on Hollow Notes? Really? I mean, like, honestly. Hollow Horse, Hollow Notes. Yeah, like if you. I, I really want to hear by Jay Giles' band because I just see Jay Giles' second right hand and it zooms in really close. <laughs> and it's just like, dun dun dun. <laughs> Actually, so, Victor, so I'm feeling it. I think you should make it about both and just give misinformation about both combined. Just do both at once, yeah. yeah. Make it a two part. Make it a two parter. Or you record both and then you overlay them. Ooh, so you get it all at once. <laughs> both happening at the same time. I am absolutely you, not doing any of these things. Or you do it one, like one track in one year and then the other track in the other year. Ooh, stereo. And then you can, and then you can pick which one you want to listen to. Yeah, but then you'll just have to do the same <laughs> pair twice. But <laughs> no, next episode we'll swap which year it is. Ooh. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, Victor, do any of those things, right? Absolutely none of those things. Oh.
Victor here, back again with another JoJo's Bizarre Western Music Reference. This week we're covering one of my favorite acts, the most successful recorded music duo of all time, Hall and Oates. Through the late 70s and early 80s, their genre-defying blends of pop, rock, soul, R&B, folk, and dance music made them into Billboard superstars with approximately 40 million albums sold worldwide. They put 29 songs into the U.S. Top 40, with 16 of those cracking the top 10 and 6 of those going all the way to number 1. Before we dive into their career, though, I feel like I should explain why Whole Horse is a reference to Hall and Oates, because it may not be obvious. With Japanese phonetics, Hall and Oates is pronounced Horu and Otsu, and Whole Horse is Horu Hosu. Horu Otsu, Horu Hosu. Get it? Great. The story of Hall and Oates begins with a fateful encounter in 1967. Daryl Hall and John Oates had each led their own bands to a competition at the Adelphi Ballroom in Philadelphia, PA. While they were there, a gunfight broke out between two rival gangs, and the two ended up on the same service elevator trying to escape. It was destiny. They discovered they were into the same music, and that they were both students at Temple University, so they started hanging out, and then they started rooming together, and finally they started performing together. In 1972, they released their first album, Whole Oats, which made almost no impact. And neither did their next two albums, Abandoned Luncheonette in 1973 and War Babies in 1974. But in 1975, after switching record labels, the duo released their fourth album, self-titled as simply Daryl Hall and John Oates, which produced their first top ten hit, Sarah Smile. Following the success of Sarah Smile, their old record label re-released the single She's Gone from Abandoned Luncheonette, and this time that song also hit the top 10. Hollow Notes followed up these successes the next year with the album Bigger Than Both of Us. That album's second single would become the duo's first number one hit, Rich Girl. You're a rich girl and you're gone too far cause you know it don't matter anyway. You can rely on the old man's money You can rely on the old man's money It's a bitch girl, but it's gone too far Cause you know it don't matter anyway Say money, money won't get you too far Get you too far But even after striking the top of the charts, success was sporadic for Hall & Oates over the next few years. Their pop-rock-soul fusion had trouble finding serious airplay, and their next three albums, 1977's Beauty on a Backstreet, 1978's Along the Red Ledge, and 1979's Ecstatic, only put a combined two songs into the top 40. In 1980, though, disco would die a sudden and violent death, and with it out of the way, Hall & Oates would find themselves at the top once again. Their ninth album, called Voices, would give us the top ten hit You Make My Dreams and the number one single Kiss on My List. But it would be the 1981 release of their tenth album, Private Eyes, that would solidify the duo's status as chart superstars. That album produced three top ten hits, including two number ones in the form of I Can't Go For That, No Can Do, and of course the title track Private Eyes. And the very next year, they released another smash hit album, this time called H2O. For those of you keeping track at home, this makes 1982 the 11th consecutive year with a new Hall & Oates album. And it leads off strong with another number one single, arguably their signature song, Maneater. Two more top ten hits followed from that album, and at this point it was time for the duo to release their first greatest hits album, titled Rock and Soul Part 1. There were two new songs on that album, and both of those also went to the top 10. This allowed the pair to take a much-needed rest period, with no new studio album released in 1983. But they would be back at it in 1984 with Big Bam Boom. The lead single would be their final number one, Out of Touch.
That album would also produce one more top 10 hit, Method of Modern Love. A three-year downtime followed this, as Hall & Oates would perform on We Are The World, among other side projects. But 1988 would see the release of their 13th album, Ooh Yeah! I have to assume that's the way it's supposed to be pronounced, right? Anyway, the lead single, Everything Your Heart Desires, would be their last trip to the top 10, though the duo has continued to release music ever since. Daryl Hall also produced a YouTube series called Live from Daryl's House, where you can watch him do jam sessions with other musicians, including CeeLo Green. And though there was a period in the 90s where Hall & Oates were kind of a critical punchline, they are now rightly regarded as the legends they are. They were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2014. The last thing I want to mention is one of the greatest and strangest pop culture artifacts of the internet age, Hall & Oates. If you call the phone number 71926OATS, again that's 719-266-2837, which is a Colorado area code, so mind your phone bill if you live outside the United States, you'll be greeted by this. Welcome to Call and Oats, your emergency Hall and Oats helpline. To hear one on one, please press one. To hear rich girl, please press two. To hear manita, please press three. To hear privatize, please press four. Yes, that is exactly what it sounds like. An emergency hotline for when you absolutely must hear some hollow notes. It's been around since 2011, and it has an active hollow notes focused Twitter account with over 2,500 followers. Such is the legacy of one of the greatest musical acts of all time. Alright, yeah, Victor, you, 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 that interstitial, make of my dreams come true. I can't go for that. I don't even know what you were fucking talking about. I... You, no, no can do, no. Joey. God damn it. Try it one more time with something else. No, Victor, no, we had two references already, Tim. No. Don't just say do it again. Do it again. Uh, look, I've lost that loving feeling now, okay? Good. Yeah, perfect. Let's do it. <laughs> look. <laughs> Joey, smile. Say it ain't so. <laughs> I like We're that not... instead of yes anding you, we always okay, but <laughs> <laughs> We're just you're just out of touch. Uh, Let's move on before we're out of time with this podcast. Rich girl. <laughs> <laughs> Is what whole horse just man left behind either. here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He turned away from being a family man. <laughs> <laughs> she wanted some adult education. <laughs> But her kiss is on his list still. Uh. <laughs> She's going to hire a private eye to go find him. <laughs> you better watch out. She's a man-eater. <laughs> oh, we love Hall Notes. We could do this for a long time. <laughs> Have I mentioned we're white? <laughs> did, did I not go down how basic white bitch guy, white guy I am? <laughs> Take my succulent to the craft brewery. Yeah, I was about to ask you about how your succulent's doing. <laughs> have any good craft brews recently? Oh, yeah. Any oyster beers you want to talk about this week? <laughs> <laughs> nope, I want to talk about whole horse versus polar F. But hold on, first we need to, like, our dangerous introduction to these two characters after they have their villain speech back and forth is to just stunt on a snake with their stands. Yes. Like, this is just stunting. Like, no other purpose. You have no reason to shoot this snake, but here we go. I, Whole horse's stand is a gun. I, and it's so lovingly animated. The gun like, is every a stand. Part of this, like, it zooms in on Whole Horses. There's the bar across his eye. The snake is zooming. When he summons Emperor. 
<laughs> I mean, do y'all want to see the, the that frame in on manga form? Because it doesn't okay. it doesn't matter. You're gonna see it anyway. But it's oh, yeah. it's one of the worst fucking things I've seen. But I love it so much when the gun appears in his hand, it goes oh. through his hand. That looks so bad. It's like but transparent. It, yeah. It's gorgeous in the anime. Like most shows don't get enough budget to do like half of like Yeah. At least he at least Araki didn't draw twenty guns. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. The show that was spinning. At least he didn't fuck up the snake too badly. I mean it looks bad, but it doesn't look as bad as most other animals he draws. I don't know. Look at that part where where they cut off the head. It looks just looks like a biscuit or a pancake. <laughs> it does look like it's got a tumor. Like, it really like looks it, it looks like this snake ate like a yo-yo. A yeah, yo-yo. Yes, yeah, you are thank correct. you. There you go. <laughs> uh, uh. So Victor. Classic. How do you like whole horse's power? Gun. Just shoot people? <laughs> He just has a gun. <laughs> My stand's a, a gun. But it's a gun that non-stand users can't see. I mean, that's I mean, yeah. not bad. Yeah, it's an invisible gun. Except for people that matter. He can get it through airport as security. In, as in real can, life, a gun is very effective. He can get it onto an airplane. <laughs> oh, shit. Not that nobody else could ever get, you know, their stand onto an airplane. <laughs> Look, like, all you really need to do in order to take an airplane is put a Joe Star on it. A whole horse could have gotten a real gun onto an airplane. It's the '80s, and he's white. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I mean, he's got the cowboy hat. Nobody's going to take his six gun from him. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of the costume. Okay, sir. <laughs> the, the '80s were the Wild West of airplane rides. <laughs> Alright, so yeah. I'm more interested in this pose-off that we have between Bolnareff and Whole Horse. Oh, yes. When Whole Horse shows up... Yes, suddenly Whole Horse is back in town and Polnareff finds him. (laughs) This old guy... Like, Polnareff asks everyone, where's the guy with two hands? And this old... Finally gets to a guy who's like, he's right there, dude. Like, come on. (laughs) Right there. Literally right behind you. (laughs) (laughs) That old man has very good eyesight. (laughs) <laughs> it would. It has no purpose being here. You didn't need that scene. God, but yeah, you're right, Tim. When Whole Horse shows up, that pose. Oh yeah, the the jet noise behind him. That's just the sound that Whole Horse makes when he introduces himself. I like it. He does that with his mouth. Whole Horse's <laughs> theme song of like this, like quiet, like sad horn. Yeah, is so good. Mm-hmm. It's the sad cowboy horn. Yep. The, the sad cowboy jazz horn. And then Polnareff asks him who the hell he is, and then complains when he tells him who the hell he is. <laughs> God, Polnareff is such an idiot. <laughs> God, another stand user. All right, I'll take you out real quick. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dio told me you would underestimate it. Like, dude, Polnareff should not be taking a regular person with a gun this lightly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> And he, he straight up tells him he has a gun. He's like, guns are mightier than the sword. I think he says it multiple times. <laughs> my stand takes the form of a gun. Simply put, your sword can't beat my gun. It's like, my my stand's so powerful, I'm just going to level with you. It's a gun, and you don't stand a chance. Yeah. He's not lying it, to him. He's, I mean, no, he's not lying. He's not. Gun is very effective, as in real life. <laughs> Turns out. Gun is very effective. Gun. Yeah, but Silver Chariot's really fast. It's is very he faster fast. than a bullet. I mean, I mean, you yes. can cut. <laughs> he can cut the space, the space between nothingness and, and nothingness. <laughs> nothingness. God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> 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 I love this show. <laughs> oh, this show's a treasure. <laughs> so also, then they start laughing at each other. Uh, yeah. These these two ca- like. Like for seemingly no reason, they're just like <laughs> they're having this this wild west standoff in the street of Calcutta, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. which was insanely crowded before and is now just cleared for these like jackass foreigners. <laughs> Maybe they could see the gun. <laughs> this is the wild west of the east. All right, no, the wild <laughs> the wild east. I'm with it. I'm down. Uh-huh. I dig it. <sighs> yeah. So they draw. Whole horse draws a gun. <laughs> Polnareff pulls out his like stand, and of course, the bullet curves around his sword. That's right, because it's a stand bullshit. Because whole horse has wanted been the bullet physics. Yep. Yeah, but he doesn't. No, even, wanted is just he a even swing the gun while he's shooting. 
He doesn't need to. He's he doesn't he's need to. Just got a magic gun. He's that good. Oh, he shot Kennedy. Got it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, everyone. Whole, Whole horse, horse was the man on the grassy knoll. The hole. man on the grassy. <laughs> <laughs> the Kennedy assassination was just a JoJo reference. <laughs> Back and to the left. Back and to the left. Nobody will get that reference. <laughs> I don't know. The Kennedy assassination is pretty no, famous. No, 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 kind no. of a big deal. <laughs> kind of uh, a big deal, Tim. <laughs> I'm going to go sit in my shame corner. Because <laughs> that's become hey, a necessary part of the... my life now. <laughs> have you heard of... about the assassination of, of a president? president? Kennedy? <laughs> you 100%. All right. God, no. <laughs> so the assassination of JFK was a fictional event from the Stephen King novel 112263. No one's going to get that because you haven't listened to the podcast yet. Oh, so anyway, yeah. Whole Horse just point five seconds defeats Polnareff. Like, has Polnareff dead to fucking rights. But then he gets saved. By his love, as Abdul just tackles him. Yep, faster than a bullet, tackles him. <laughs> he was already and in the middle of that tackle when the bullet was bending. That's what I've got to assume here. Yeah. The music that swells here is only, well, like, they only use this for people who are a couple. Yep. Yep. I love how Whole Horse catches the cigarette in his mouth after he goes flying up in the air. Oh, yeah, that is just a super good flex there. <laughs> the bullet curves back around. It's coming in for another run. But and Abdul- out comes the buff chicken. Here comes, I, I was like, what is the buff chicken going to do to this? Well, I don't know. Melt the bullet out you of the air. You see, apparently- the bullet is also his stand, so that if you burn the bullet, horse just dies. <laughs> I, I but it's, it's supposed to be like kind of like one to one, right? So if you burn the bullet, are you just burning like his nuts? Yeah, like, that's actually a thing later. If you destroy a small piece of his hand, a small part of him. So probably like his fingernail or something. Although, they Whole Horse does say that Abdul was going to be the most problematic for this duo, which makes no sense. He, no, absolutely he not. He can burn mirrors. <laughs> I yep. mean... Melt a mirror? Yeah. And then they I, stop I guess the idea is if he, if he surrounds himself with flames, no reflective surface would be able to see him? Maybe? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, who, who the fuck knows? <laughs> we never find out because Jay Giles Centerfold pops out and stabs Abdul in the fucking back. Oh, it is so brutal. Yeah, it appears in the puddle uh, and just like... There's this uh, moment uh, of surprise and panic on Abdul's face as the blade enters his back. He looks forward. And then he just gets shot in the head right the between the eyes. Fucking forehead. His head snaps and, back. And Kakuin is here to witness this whole thing. And to punctuate this, the music completely stops. Yep. And, and it's just like, you, you have nothing to do but just watch this character die. Yeah, so speaking of Polnareff pulling a Caesar earlier, uh, <laughs> Jesus. I bet you thought Polnareff was the one who was going to die this episode, right, Victor? No, I didn't. I didn't think anybody was going to fucking die in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> right. did, you not, did, you did, think- did you not know we were playing for, like, stakes? No. This is a funny goof up show, Tim. <laughs> Don't you remember the last two episodes? <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> and especially with the way Whole Horse and Jay Guile are introduced, I was no. not expecting this shit. Because no. those those two characters also seem like total fucking buffoons. <laughs> I mean, Whole Horses. <laughs> <laughs> they, they stunt on a snake as their introduction. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so did you think... Abdul would be the first one to go. Also, spoiler alert for anyone who has watched the episode, I guess. Okay, look, we always run these episodes as if they've watched the episode already. I know, that was a joke. But, like, seriously, I, no, I, I hadn't... I, when that happened, occasionally I was just like, oh, shit! Like, <laughs> yeah, it's really oh, shit. <laughs> because it really catches you off guard. It's holy shit! Like, there's a lot of the show left. <laughs> like, yes, the... <laughs> Like, there's, there's at least another season in its entirety yep. with these characters. Well, <laughs> well not all these characters. Not all these characters. <laughs> <laughs> like, goddamn. Let's give uh, Polnareff more reason to be completely sad. Yep. 
And then we get the the like the same reaction to Caesar's death as we get from like Joseph and Lisa Lisa, except it's Aww. for Kakuin and Polnareff, and Polnareff oh. is Lisa Lisa. Yeah. Wait. He's, he's yeah. trying to act all tough. He's trying to say, like, I, I didn't care about that guy. And he turns away. And Kakuin's like, away. that motherfucker. Oh. Oh, the no. The moment he turns away, I'm like, oh, no. He's going to cry, isn't he? Aww. He's going to cry. And he turns around. And it's just, like, tears flowing down his face. I'm like, oh, no! fuck me, too, man. <laughs> and I, you know, I had forgotten that even this early, the stand smoke, you can see it coming off of Avtol. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they don't yeah. explain that, and occasionally was like, what was that? And I'm like, his, his stand leaving him, I guess? I don't think it's ever really explained, but it's very, something very consistent that Rocky does. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oof. Like, this is just... Oof. We, and we get, like, Ugh. not a lot of time to really mourn Avdol here, because no. the, there's still two enemy stand users that are unharmed and in the vicinity. And it cuts to to be continued. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering why we were getting credits, like, halfway through the episode. <laughs> yeah, the credits come up way early. Yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, we, these, we... these episodes, like, you're like, you blink and they're already over. And you're like, oh, shit. <sighs> Man, can't believe Polnareff went to One Piece Ugly Crying School. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, One Piece characters cry so ugly. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes it more raw. It does. <sighs> it Man. Does. So, Victor... How'd you like the episode? You know what? It's not a bad episode. It's it, it really actually pulls off most of what it's trying to do. I could do without the pig toilet, but <laughs> it's gotta no, set it, the tone. We almost got free. <laughs> the pig toilet. The pig toilet's there to remind you that you're watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> I didn't need the reminder yet. <laughs> oh, well, it thought you needed it. <laughs> <laughs> they hadn't done anything to break the spell yet. <laughs> It's okay, and just in case you'd forgotten about the pig toilet, we have the whole horse stunting on a cobra. <laughs> we also have a really terrible, like, racist caricature of an entire city. Yeah. Yeah. God, and- I just, this episode is... It's actually... It, it's still, at the end of it, though, it works. And like, it, you, you it, get to the yeah. end of it, and you don't remember it being bad. Like... I, like, it's the strange <laughs> alchemy of a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure show. We're like, wow, that was really bad and funny. But at the end, you're still so invested. Like, yes, why right. do you still cry when Caesar dies? <laughs> <laughs> okay, to be fair, like, that episode still- <laughs> is so good. <laughs> yeah, that episode why do you is- cry when Caesar dies when just a couple episodes before you see ACDC eat a literal <laughs> stick of dynamite? dynamite. <laughs> And does the mass thing. <laughs> this is one episode after the icicle rope that happens. God, the last episode was the yellow temperance. <laughs> <laughs> Just cocktail cherries are my favorite. Into Abdul's death. Yes. We just... And like, we get no time to set it up. With Caesar, you get this long build-up, right? Like, I, he gets a final speech and everything, and you know what's going to happen, and he's making his huge sacrifice, and just, we murk Avdol out of nowhere. It's more effective that way, I think, because you don't see it coming. Oh, no, absolutely just, didn't see it coming. It, like, mm-hmm. blindsides you in a good way. You know, all this means is that after part two, we're going to have a really shitty episode. <laughs> I, I, I'm expecting Wired Beck to come back, like actual oh, Wired it's, Beck. It's Wired Beck level. It's great. <laughs> oh man, I love that episode. It's so bad. Oh no! Don't tell oh. me these things. I'm ready. I'm oh. excited. I oh. actually haven't seen that episode. So, <laughs> god oh, man, damn it, man! Can, it's a it, it's a good fight. <laughs> I, I I actually really enjoyed it. It's so good. It, it's dumb. Anyway, uh, Tim, how'd you like it? Oh, I love this episode. This introduces the best character, Whole Horse. Yes, and uh, we the Whole Horse. We should really appreciate him. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. the Whole Horse is a good villain. Yes, he's great. Yeah, he works really well. Uh, Jay Guile is dumb. I hate <laughs> I, his mirror stand is a dumb thing. Yep, all mirror stands are dumb things. Before Whole Horse showed up, I didn't know I needed 
a cowboy in my JoJo? No, you, you knew you knew you needed a cowboy needed in your JoJo. Are you <laughs> fucking chocolate crazy? And peanut butter, Grant? You saw Joseph riding across the desert, this fucking hog, and you knew you needed a cowboy. In your JoJo. <laughs> that's, yeah, it's true. Actually, I just there's an entire there's an entire series that's just cowboy JoJo. I know. I'm ready for it. Uh, I'm so only like in like five twenty years. years. <laughs> <laughs> Joey, yep. how did you enjoy the episode? Uh, I like it a lot. It's stupid. It's so dumb. It does the Iraqi staring at the audience. Yeah, of course none of this makes any goddamn sense. What are you going to do about it? Here's a snake. Like, just, it, like I really, this watch, I really feel Iraqi staring at me while writing this. He's like, like he's you're drawing it while he just mouths at you, I do not respect your time. I do not respect you. I don't give a Fuck. But Rocky, do you think she Nope. <laughs> do you think Oh you want some more female characters, huh? 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 <laughs> I don't think Araki planned Optal's death five minutes in advance, but somehow through the alchemy of JoJo, it <laughs> like, pulled it off. I, I like think he was like, drawing it and he was like, what happens next? Oh, Abdul fucking dies. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> and somehow it just transmutes itself into a an actual thing. powerful moment. Know. You know, the first time I had watched this, I wasn't that attached to Avdol, and I just like it. It it was still sad, but it didn't really land quite as hard as it did this time. Yeah, like I don't know something about like Avdol really like really grew on me this watch through. I can and only his relationship with Avdol like. You, you felt something there, yeah. whether uh, it's friendship or something more like it, it, it gave me a little bit more connection to him. And it really, they really caught me off guard this time. I can only imagine I would have had a similar experience had I not been doing this podcast and like being forced to watch it at this agonizing pace and doing <laughs> it for an hour every week. Like, Oh man, you're getting the good show. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's just been way too much time talking and thinking about each of these episodes as I have yeah. to wait to watch the next one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe nice. I'm getting the most authentic experience. Maybe. Like the like the original Japanese experience. A super authentic experience. We're actually, like, approaching where I started, like, I got to the end of the show the first time and had to watch it on a week-to-week basis, so. Oh, were you caught up to live? <laughs> yeah. I Oof. caught up to live at the end of Stardust 1. Hmm. Oh. I've watched it live ever since. Wow. Yep. That's a that's quite a commitment. It's a great show. It's it's almost as committed as starting a podcast. <gasps> <sighs> so speaking of our podcast, thank you all for watching. Uh, where can we find everyone? You can find me on Twitter at Los Grantalinus. That's Los underscore Grantalinus. You can find me, Tim, at Big Blue Zam One, where I will be posting gr- gratuitous pig toilets. Mm-hmm. Find find me on Twitter at TF Waffleman. Tweet at the podcast at Joe Star All Stars. Find us anywhere you find your podcast and listen to them. Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, JoeStarAllStars.fireside.fm. And if you have anything to say to us, shoot us an email at JoeStarAllStars at gmail.com. Leave us a review, like inflict us upon other people like a plague. <laughs> Just, sh- mm-hmm. just share us everywhere, on your Facebooks, on your Twitters, on your everythings. On your tw- I mean, you don't actually have to do that. On your just... Twitters? Yeah. Your, Victor, your you're, not, you're not that old, are you? Oh, God, we are that old. <laughs> we are oh, that no. fucking old. God damn oh, it. Oh, no. Yeah. Please, I get look at a twit. At, look. A, at a restaurant recently, I had to fucking finally break down and ask you what the hell Big Mood meant. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, you wow. did do that. Yes, because after weeks of being exposed to it, I still couldn't, from context clues, just figure it out. Wait, Big Boot's like years old, Victor. Yeah. I hadn't started noticing until like a couple of months ago. Oh, wow, you are old. Big, you are old. JoJo's on the Twitters. <laughs> oh, I actually use Big Mood. <sighs> God. Fucking ancient over here. <laughs> yep. God. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Alright. No, hold on. We need that, to stew no, in no, self-pity what, for a no, while. No, I don't That's when we all say big mood. Big mood. <laughs> I just... <laughs> just gonna let the podcast okay to cry peter out here. It's, 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 it's okay to peter cry out. Oh, I'm gonna miss the place out. I'm gonna miss Avdol. <laughs> I'm gonna miss Avdol, too. Play me, this, play me the sad horn music. 
Which sad horn? No, I know exactly <laughs> what I'm going to end this episode on. And it's all the. It's everything Abdul deserves. So, for everyone out there, say goodbye uh, to Abdul with us. Uh, for all. I'm sorry. For all of you. Uh, Toilet big nerds out there. Yeah, so give a heart really break the tone. <laughs> give us a heartfelt goodbye for Eftel. Goodbye, goodbye Eftel. Sheila Green in the Country Bear Jamboree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hold on. Let's see if that gives us any results. <laughs>